may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and... Right, nearly half time pal, your turn to get a ground round in, off you go No, you get this one in mate because I've got the beer sorted for later What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one, you know that's not how the ground round works Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN. To get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five, that's www.beer52.com forward slash vftn. Sound pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. An emergency podcast committee has been assembled. Neil Harris has been sacked. Call everyone you know. Break the news to everyone you know. Neil Harris. I mean, it was inevitable, wasn't it? But he's finally been sacked. The uh, the transfer committee became a sacking committee, and they got rid of Neil Harris and his assistant. So there's simply no one at the club now to be caretaker. Um, joining me to discuss this groundbreaking and exciting news is Ben Price. Ben, how do you feel? I'm a little bit strangely sad. Mm-hmm. I liked him. He was a nice yeah. bloke. But you're sad. Relieved at the same time? Yeah, it had to happen, but I was a bit just... It's weird, isn't it? It's sort of... You never like seeing someone lose their job, but it was the right call. It was the right call. Tom Phillips, do you agree? Was it the right call? Yeah, I think so in the end. You know, I was saying that he should have till the end of the season, but that was before we lost six games in a row. I just didn't see that coming. It was bad, mm-hmm. but not that bad. But yeah, I'm weirdly excited now. I think it's a good way to get over some like January blues, like a bit, a bit of excitement. Dust around. off the cobwebs. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like sprung us into action here with our emergency pod and it's got everyone speaking. So yeah, no, I'm excited by it. Yeah, we've got a fair bit to discuss on the pod. Obviously, the news broke, what, half an hour ago, maybe an hour ago. Um, I don't know what time it is. I've lost all sense of time because I haven't left the house in about two weeks. Um, 49 minutes ago. 49 minutes ago, and we've sprung into action. So, you know, well done us. Um, ben, let's let's come to you first. Last night, we lost to QPR. Um, it was clearly a final straw, wasn't it? Um, did, you, did you think that the, the board would act so quickly or did you think, as Tom said, you'd have it to the end of the season? Um, I thought after my mini rant on Twitter last night, because um, clearly reading back on my tweets Wait, this morning. A, mini, mini, rant, mini rant on Twitter. Um, ben, you I tagged w- in Glenn Williams and asked him to ask at the press conference certain questions. <laughs> I went off on a bit. I did lose my head a bit. I was in a bad mood anyway from work and this just finished me off. I was, yeah, a lot of swearing in my house last night. Um, sort of calmed down a bit this morning, put a tweet out saying, look, Given the signings, I don't think the board are going to sack him. And then Cardiff City mugged me off again this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you feel sillier about the tweets last night or your prediction this morning? 
Um, it's both. I've made a cunt of myself on both ends. So, you know, from both ends, I feel like it's hit. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Um, Tom, obviously you said then that you, you were kind of um, thinking that you'd last until the end of the season. But it, it kind of felt like last night the writing was on the wall, wasn't it? His press conference was resigned. He looked kind of defeated. Um, the, the game itself was flat. There was no energy. Did you did you did you change your opinion last night that he was going to get to the end of the season, or were you still still confident of that fact? I think it wasn't last night. I think it was the game before where it really felt like there was no coming back from it. And then last night, I found myself watching the game, and I'd been staring at the screen for about thirty five minutes, and realised I hadn't taken anything in. Like nothing mm-hmm. was happening in front of me. I, I haven't paid any attention. If you'd asked me what system we were playing, who was on the field, if I hadn't read the team sheet, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. Because I, I it, it, it was just so mind-numbing. I think it spoke volumes how long it took him to get to the press conference after the game. You know, we were sitting around thinking, God, is he even going to turn up to this press conference at all? And it, it just had that feeling of inevitability about it that, you know, his time was done. And, yeah, this was the end of Neil Harris. And, to, uh, like, today, it's proven that way. So, yeah, inevitable. And he, he talked last night about... Uh, it's been a, a kind of feature of his press conference for the last few weeks about the things he can control. You know, he can't control his future. But last night he talked about controlling, you know, trying to get his players G'd up for the next game, confidence back in them. But it just looked like he didn't have any belief in himself to do that. I think he knew he was gone. I think he knew this was the final straw. Um, the press conference just felt... he, he the, the walls came down. The last few weeks, whenever he's been asked about his future, he's been very on the defensive, sort of, I can't control, I'm sick of these questions. Last night, it was very. He, I think, he was resigned to his fate. He, he knew what was coming today. He knew there was a clear, there was going to be a meeting, there was going to be a call, and he was on his way. Um, I think it was really obvious to say that. It's just, it was just a lot more mellow, lot just, yeah, just. It was a bit sad, really. He sort of looked it was really a bit sad. Just, yeah, you just I, looked I th- a bit just glum about it. I, I think, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel it's a weird feeling because, like you say, there's an excitement around the fact that. Harris has gone but I don't think it's it's fair that there should be excitement around the fact that the, the guy's lost his job because you can see he was trying he was he, he did a brilliant job last season he's he's done some good stuff this season like the transfers he's brought in were exactly the players he wanted people like Moore Wilson you know he's even been signing players in this January window there's been some good results this year it just hasn't gone his way and it kind of I, I do feel sorry for him because ultimately we've we've gotten here. Should the players take more of the blame? And I and I think they should. I think there's been a lot of individual mistakes this year from the players. And as much as people say that Harris can control that in training, once they get past the white line, he can't account for players making those decisions, can he, Tom? Yeah, you know, I think the players have got to stand up and take some blame in this because the one thing you can't put on the manager is us conceding goals in the first five minutes of games. You know, like you can say it's not gene them up in the in the dressing room, but I, I really don't think it is that. That's individual errors, people not switching on. And you know, and it's come up in some really important games. Like we played Bristol City, we conceded early, we played well for the rest of the game, we just couldn't score, they just sat back. And you know, in the end, it's the players who cost us that game. But like last night felt desperate, you know. We we put the two new signings in, we had the two players come back from injury and Morrison and Moore starting as well. We played a whole new system. And it was kind of a fuck it, let's throw caution to the wind here. And we still lost 1-0. QPR put the ball in the net about three or four times. And, you know, it, it just really, really felt like the end. And, it, you know, I do, I do feel sad for him, but it's just so inevitable now. It was that substitution of Glatzel that really, really made me think this is desperate. And with Murphy came on as well. And we went to a back three. All the strikers on, it really just felt, I've got no idea what to do here. Let's just chuck as many attacking players on. And see what happens because 
there was nothing before that, and that really it felt like a really really desperate move to take a to take a right back off and bring a striker on. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, it, it kind of it, it had an air of inevitability around it last night. It was almost like as soon as we lost, it was it, it just kind of as, as Tom said, we weren't really watching the game. They went one 0 up, and it was kind of like, oh well, that's that then, uh, because there was no way we were coming back. Um, ben, do you think? Uh, you know, whatever new manager comes in, and we we can talk about who who's in the running. The, the the bookies odds don't look great at the moment with the list of managers that are there. Do you think they need to do something with these players? Because we've seen it this year. You know, we talked about Curtis Nelson quite almost weekly that the mistakes he's making. Um, do they need to knock the players' heads together to get some sense out of them? Because Nelson seems to have gone backwards this season. Yeah, I think every player needs a bit of a kick up the ass and sort of also put into a system that suits them. I think that's the big thing. They need this manager. I think, to be honest, looking at it with a week until our next game, now is a very good time to make the change. The manager gets a week on the training pitch if we make an appointment quickly, which I imagine we will be. Um, they've got a bit of time there to get to know the players and sort of see a system work out what works for us and a style that can sort of get the best out of these players. Because I think that's the one thing that Harris sort of never really got to grips with. You could see what he wanted to do. He wanted to play more attractive football but he could never get us to do it and be successful. The times we got the ball down and knocked it around, we were getting like the 50 plus percent possession. We weren't doing anything with the ball. And then when we went a bit more direct. We were getting slaughtered in the press and on Twitter for crap football, but we were getting results. Um, we need a manager that can work out how to get that system that can get both ends working really. Yeah, I, so, I mean, the tweets I've seen so far about the next manager, um, David Pritchard, uh, BBC journalist who led the press conference last night, said that um, there's there's a suggestion that the Harris successor might take a little longer to confirm. Um, so I wonder how quickly... I, I, I've heard that there's been some background work going into a new manager. I heard there were some interested managers previously who have now ended up in other jobs. But, Tom, I mean, we'll come to who's, who's, um, who's available. We'll come to more Twitter reactions. But... There's, there's already in it kind of an, we, the fans have lurched from, you know, being relieved as such that Harris has gone, that you know that the, the you know the the inevitable has happened to worrying about who the next manager is. I mean, we can't be happy for more than a minute, can we? No, but you can see on Twitter though there was a lot of people like kept saying, you know, we need to get rid of him, we need to get rid of him. There wasn't a huge amount of conversation about who do we get in, and now that he's gone, the realization has hit a lot of us fans mm-hmm. now, and we and we realize. One, I think we're so Cardiff-centric, a lot of people don't really know us out there, away from the yeah. club anyway, because we're not watching anything bar the Premier League and, and Championship, really. So we don't know us in League One and League Two. So we're waiting for the bookies to kind of tell us who's in the run-in sometimes. But yeah, it's just it's just classic Cardiff, isn't it? We can't enjoy anything. Like People have been calling this for months and months and months, and then it's hit and they've gone, ah, shit. So yes, yeah, just classic, classic Cardiff. Well, I, I think... You know, before we look at who the next manager is going to be, we need to look at uh, Neil Harris's. I think it's 14 months. He came in on November the 16th, um, 2019. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what year we're in anymore. Uh, November the 16th, 2019. Um, obviously, he came in after, a, you know, Warnock had kind of spent a summer spending a lot of money on these <laughs> players that can only be classed as dead wood. Um, and he had a bit of a job to get to grips with. So... I mean, we should look back, right? I mean, it's not been a bad 14 months, really. Obviously, it's it's not been brilliant for the last couple of months, but, you know, he came in last season, Ben, and was 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 largely brilliant, wasn't he? Um, it was a rocky start. Let's not forget that. Yeah. But I think the summer was his peak. You sort of think back the, after the restart, the Leeds game, um, right through to the Fulham game, really, where we lost 
got knocked out of the playoffs. Um, I think that was his peak and sort of where you could really see what he was doing was working. Um, yeah, it's just he did. A, it was a good start after. Well, I say good start. It was a good middle, wasn't it? The start was rough and the ending was rough, but the middle was very, very fun and quite enjoyable, to be honest. Start was pretty good. We we drew the first game and won three on the bounce. Yeah. It's just we we hit that period, didn't we, where we drew and after just after Christmas. Yeah, we drew a shed load of games. But the one thing we didn't do at the beginning of his tenure compared to what we did towards the end was we didn't lose games. There was times where we accused him of not being very exciting. But, you know, we drew a lot of games, but we were hard to beat. And I think that's the most frustrating thing about the end of his reign is that we've lost six in a row. Like, that's madness. That's more than we lost in months with him. It, mm-hmm. like, you look, we, we've lost more in the last six games than a lot of teams in the league have lost all season. And I think that's what the frustrating thing is. We went, we went from that team where, yeah, maybe not very glamorous, but we weren't being put to the sword by teams. And now we were going into games looking defeated before we'd even kicked the ball. Um, but, you know, yeah, we had... We had some huge highlights under him as well, as no doubt. The things I've got as the highlights, obviously, um, looking at last season, we, you know, when when the restart happened, we were kind of on the cusp of the playoffs, and most people were, would be happy that we would we got sixth place. But that run to the playoffs itself, I think, if you look after the restart, we went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There were ten games after the restart. Essentially, we lost two of those, and we we won basically the rest. Um, we only only getting one draw with Charlton, um, beating teams like Leeds who were top of the table at that point. Um, you know, we beat Bristol in the derby at Ashton Gate. Um, that 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 run, you know, we even beat Fulham at Craven Cottage, and we were one dodgy goal away from getting to the playoff final under Harris. I mean, we talk about fine margins, Ben, don't we? Because if that dis, you know, I think Fulham scored that second goal in the first leg, which wasn't a free kick, or there was some kind of um, controversy around it. We beat them two one in the second leg on away goals. That would have put us through to the playoff final, wouldn't it? I think you got to remember, I think if you go from February, or no, it was when Harris took charge. When Harris took charge of Cardiff to the end of the record last in the season, league, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was the best record in England in the, like the top four mm. divisions. Um, well, that's how well he was doing. See if I can find it. You carry on. But um, yeah, or it might have just been Leeds and West Brom were the other two um, in and around there. But yeah, his record was fantastic at the end of last season. Absolutely phenomenal. And like, like Tom said, we're really hard to beat. And we're unlucky not to make it to the playoff final. It's it's far from it's easy to get blinded by how poor the last few weeks have been, how sort of disappointing, sort of heartbreaking they've been, to forget what a good job you did in the start. And it's not been a disappointing, unsuccessful reign. I saw some people on Twitter today suggesting that he's like a clown and worse than worse than Solskjaer. Absolutely not a chance. The bloke is a it's not like he's a terrible manager and I think he's useless. I don't think he is. I just for whatever reason something's gone on, something's changed with either with him. I look, the club's had a lot to deal with as well. You've lost a club legend who was friends with a lot of the squad in, in um, Whittingham. You've also then lost a leader like Bamba, who's now away for cancer, and that's going to affect the players. He's a big, big character in that squad. This has been going on for before Christmas. It can't be a coincidence that the results have sort of dropped off while this news has sort of been broken and sort of everything's been going on with that. Um a presence like that's going to hurt. It's he's not had an easy run. It's not been an easy time for him, but he's not a clown. He's, he he deserves a fair bit of respect. I think so. I agree. I think last season to get to get us into the top five, to get us into the playoff semi-finals, and to go to somewhere like Fulham and win, it, and and to come from where he did, um, like you say, you know, when we when we look back to last January, about a year ago, we lost six one to QPR on New Year's Day, and it was kind of the lowest ever of last season. But we never looked back from there. Um, yeah. And I know the last six games have been poor, but even at times this season, we had you know a couple of big wins, 
at home, you know, when we what was it five games in a row where we barely conceded a goal, beat teams well, like Barnsley. You think, I think back to that Barnsley game and how good we were then. Yeah, exactly. Like, I legit, it, I still stand by that's the best we've played since that Villa game um, under Warnock when we beat them four one. I thought we were absolutely it, superb there and hoped we really could crack on with that. Even even the Bristol game where we lost 1-0 was a brilliant team performance. We dominated possession. The only reason we didn't get a result that day was because we couldn't put the ball in the net. And there comes and a time mistake. where it's a silly mistake. And it comes a time where you have to kind of, um, you know, you, you can't blame Harris for everything. Um, but then, Tom, we look at the lowlights. I mean, it, it, it started going wrong, really, on that Derby Day defeat, didn't it, when we lost to Swansea? Well, we started the start of the day four points behind Swansea with a, you know a chance of going one behind them, and then ended ended his reign being seventeen points behind them. Do you know what I mean? It's it's it, it's mad when you put it in contest because it wasn't that long ago, um, it, and it just shows the run that we've been on, and they've been on as well. To be fair, but it's, it's two clubs of very contrasting fortunes. But what I would say as well, I think the success of last season has probably contributed to the downfall of Harris because it really did raise expectations, and as a club. In the last like ten years, apart from the like low, finishing low in the Premier League, we we've, we haven't finished lower than eleventh or something, wasn't it? Like even under the times we we regard as bad times under like Slade, we were eighth. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So we've spoiled this Cardiff fans. So, so seeing us in this position is a real stark contrast to what we've seen over the last decade or so. So you know, it just I think it, it makes it hard for Harris. The success has come before him as well. But you you want to the highlights like that leads three all away. You know, when yeah. we went up to 10 men, God, yeah. like things like that. There was a few, there's not there's not a huge amount of massive highlights, like massive results, but there is like little glimmers like that, like our um like the Derby Day win against Bristol, you know, the leads away, leads are home. But the problem is when, when you're on a bad run, there's chances to kind of win the fans back over, like winning a derby game against Swansea. We didn't do that. You know, you've got a chance in the cups, and you know, we lost three nil to Luton, three nil to Northampton, you know, we we just scraped past Carlisle. And you're really not kind of winning fans over with those sorts of results. Like you're getting tonked by QPR 6-1. And it's just, they, they stick in the mind more than the three all away at Leeds. And I think like where there's been big chances for Harris to kind of win the fans back over, he really just hasn't taken them at all. So you say that like um, about like the big, the bad results sticking out more than like the good ones. I'm just looking back now at this season. This is 28th of November, Cardiff City 4, Luton 0. Mm. What, 1st of December, a couple of days later, we do Huddersfield 3 0. So seven, that's two games, seven goals. And yeah. I genuinely forgot either of those games. Like, those the are the is, scores. That came after a bad run as well. I think we were probably one game away from him maybe being sacked back then. That yeah. was Bristol. Millwall yeah. and Coventry, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then we had a bit of... That's when the run of like five games came, wasn't it? Where yeah. we got some decent results. So we kind of... You had a bit of a reprieve then. And then after that little well, kind of peak, it's been all down again since. So it, it's it's a tough one. Like there's been some real good times under Harris. Not not spectacular, but good times. Um, but there's been some real, real bad that we haven't seen for a good while at Cardiff. Yeah, I mean, we look, we look at his record um, since he's come in as manager. Um, his win percentage is around 38%, played 62 games as manager, won 24, drawn 18, lost 20. Um, obviously, that includes the six games on the bounce that he's lost recently, um, which kind of skews things a little bit. Um, 
It's it's a shame. I think it's a real shame because there there were such good times last season. Um, he's clearly a very decent bloke. Um, if you look at the statement that the club have put out, I mean, when when certain managers have been sacked in the past, it's been one line basically saying "Don't darken our door ever again." Um, but this this statement, Vincent Tan has gone to, to kind of great lengths to say that they'll always be welcome at the club. Um, and I think I think that says a lot about him, doesn't it, Ben? It says a lot about him as a person um, and and the way he's probably worked with the club because it seems like he has a good relationship with Tan Dalman um, uh, and Chu. Yeah, um, I think we all know Vincent Han's quite a volatile character and sort of seems to hold a grudge. It, um, like you, you bring up Solskjaer or Malky Mackay with him and he sort of doesn't acknowledge their existence. So for him to put out a statement like that and say they're all, their faces will always be welcome at Cardiff City Stadium just shows how well thought of and how well his relationship is with the board and sort of what a guy mm-hmm. is. I think yeah. what a kind of guy he is shows with his statement with Sol Bamber as well. Um, the press conference he gave in the little chat with the club um, that wasn't a manager talking about a player. That was a genuine person. That was a personal thing, and he was seen that was like a very friend to friend, wasn't player. it? It was, and it was fantastic to see. You could see he genuinely cared, and I can guarantee, even though he's left the club, um, he will stay in touch with Sol Bamber throughout the course of his treatment and support him as much as he can, because that just seems like the bloke he is. I mean, it seems like a bit of a callback to, um, you know, when we spoke to, to Gunnarsson and he spoke about Paul Trollope. Um, he spoke about Paul Trollope as being the man that everyone wanted, um, a very good coach, a very good tactician, but it just didn't work for him. And that's almost kind of um, what it feels like this season, doesn't it? It feels like that the players were probably there for him from the start. It's kind of faded away recently, but I don't think it's because of a want of trying. It just, it feels like the relationship has kind of diverged a little bit then. Yeah, I don't think there's any bad blood there is. I don't think it's got nasty and players have sort of gone, he's a dickhead, we don't want anything to do with him. It just seems like the belief's gone out of everyone, doesn't it? That's It yeah. feels like that more than anything nasty and sort of behind the scenes sort of everyone's fighting with each other. It just Yeah, it just feels like things have, have, have fallen apart a little bit. Um, obviously, we put out a tweet asking for people's reactions to this. Um, Obviously, it's big news. So we've had a lot of tweets, a lot of reaction to go through. Um, I mean, I think we've had about 50 tweets so far um, and they're still coming in. So I'm going to try and pick through these as best we can. Um, I'm doing this in no particular order because of the way Twitter works. Uh, Steve Day, um, he has said, I'd love us to bring in Gareth Ainsworth. Loved him when he was with us as a player. I still think going for Michael Flynn would be too big a gamble for us right now. Not many viable and cheap options out there, unfortunately, and every appointment is a risk these days, mind. Um, ben, Gareth Ainsworth, um, I kind of wanted him in back when we, we signed Harris in the first place as manager. Um, he's not setting the world alight at Wickham in the championship. They are bottom of the table, but he's punching above his weight with Wickham anyway. Is that someone that you'd be interested in? Um, I think he's he was more of an attractive proposition when we went to get Harris before. Um, right now, I think he doesn't seem too full of confidence. And if you're on about sort of uproar and fans not taking to a manager like they did with Harris, um, manager of the bottom of the table in the championship really wouldn't give the right message. So I, I, I think just for that reason, I wouldn't want it. We need someone that's going to put a bit of positivity in the fan base and the fans are going to get excited with. And I don't think Angel is a bad, is a bad, bad manager at all. I think he's a very good one. Um, but right now, I don't think it's the right. Moving on to Premier Bluebirds Group, uh, restructuring the academy with some key appointments behind the scenes, implementing a stats, statistical-based recruitment team and structure, and most of all, creating a training environment where the younger age groups and first team trained all as one. Lowlight's current form. Tom, 
would you agree with that? Harris has done some really good work here, hasn't he? He's already brought through young players into the squad. You've seen Baggin and Harris get get game time. He's talked up people like Mayembe. Um, he's put a focus on the academy with someone like Steve Morrison coming in. Those are the good things we can take from his reign, aren't they? Definitely. I think like when Harris was first appointed, I think we mentioned on the pod that the one thing we were looking forward to was Harris has got a bit of a track record of bringing the youngsters through. And, you know, we've got very limited resources when it comes to youth team at Cardiff and what resources we've, we've got, he's used. Do you know what I mean? So like we've had, we've seen the likes of Harris come in and Began come in, Tom Sang went out on loan, but you know, he's been in and around the squad and stuff like that. So, you know, I think that's the legacy he leaves that some of these players have got game time who definitely wouldn't have had game time under someone like Warnock. You know, he, Warnock's very short term in his thinking and maybe we've paid for that a little bit now, you know, we've got success under him. But we're paying for it because there wasn't kind of that kind of contingency plan after it. Um, but you know, Harris is leaving some of those players in good shape um, for whoever comes in now. Uh, Nigel Harris said the highs of the playoffs last season, great achievement. Yet the approach of the Fulham home game cost us, and a sign of what was coming. Lows: twenty-seven points in the last twenty-five home games and two home cup defeats in the last year. Realization: not one player has improved or performed to their ability this season. Uh, Scott Salter, what, whoever it is, needs to be communicated that this is going to be a rebuild. We'll be changing the philosophy across the club. Be patient. There's no point in putting a Band-Aid over it with Pulis, etc. Should be a double appointment. Director of football, McPhail, and a manager, Bellamy, a guy can dream. Um, ben, we'll probably come to this in more detail when we talk about the replacements that are being mooted at the moment and who we could come in. Do you see a rebuild happening? Do you see us changing our philosophy? Harris was already talking about the need to change it. Do you think the club will carry that on? I'd really like to think they would. I really like to think this is a wake-up call and that's going to happen right this second. It's something the club have looked at and sort of they're going to implement now, but I don't think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be, a sh- I don't know if it's going to be short-term fix or something I think it's going to be long-term, but I think if you're going to get a director of football in, it'll be in the summer. I think mm-hmm. that's when that's more likely to happen. But yeah, I, I, I'd love for what Scott said there to happen, to be honest. I think he's bang on the money without them. I think the conversation around director of football might be overdone, but that's something we can talk about towards the end uh, when we talk about the replacements that are coming in. Um, Gonzo McKenzie, after a recent article, would love Bellamy, but suspect he wouldn't touch it. I, I, I disagree on that point. I think the whole reason he's reared his head recently is because he's put his <laughs> name in the frame. Um, I mean, it's no coincidence that things are looking bleak for Harris and he popped up with an interview. So maybe watch that space. Big note to Pulis, Hughes or Bowen. Suspect maybe Cook, which I could live with. Really need a director of football on a proper plan going forwards or offer Cooper five million a year just to see their faces. He's so blue. We've got a crop of players who are mostly average at best and suited to a more direct game. The manager that comes in will have to be prepared to put up with this shabby lot or be allowed to sell. Um, players and bring in a fresh lot um, he thinks that Ainsworth should be the manager um, Tom is that fair that our players are mostly average no I don't think that's fair um, I think a lot of them are tired I think you know we didn't have much depth there wasn't much changing around in the squad I think, I think we've we've used I, I saw a stat recently we're joint lowest used players in the in the, in the in the league this year we've only used 22 players yeah I think that speaks volumes as well you know when you've got I think Harris lack tactical kind of nous every now and again. And when you haven't got that much personnel you can change, you are pretty limited at what you could do. I think what you I think has been understated a little bit is how as a club we tend to get we, we tend to get behind um our players when we're in the ground, you know, we, we, we create an atmosphere. And I think like not having fans there has taken its toll on this squad as well. You know, we, we, we haven't had that lift in certain games. We do rely on that. And and I think that I think that's hammered home the reaction towards Harris as well. You know, 
the only place we can like we've said it before the only place we can take out our reactions to him is on social media and stuff so it really mm-hmm. highlights or it kind of emphasizes the kind of i don't know the thoughts behind the fans when they can't just shout it to the players and i think he's been a victim of that a bit harris you know where i don't know like the kind of the love of watching football has been sucked out of it recently so i think you really got to win over fans on the pitch otherwise they're going to turn pretty quickly yeah I agree. Um, Toggers, Togas, your man Toggers, Togas. Highlights beating Leeds in the 3 3 at Ellen Road. Can't think of a bad signing on paper. Also, a lot to be said for him bringing Lee Tomlin back from the cold. Low lights, the rest of it. His replacement, Bellamy, and a proper project plan for the evolution of the club. Uh, Craig Keenor, there is a god. Now worried who they'll pick next. Classic Cardiff City. Um, Jordan A. Jones, performing massively below expectations. A bit of sympathy as he. Um, as he had to pick up the expensive mess Warnock left, did well to get Cardiff to fifth. Ultimately, though, he'll be judged on the failings of the season. Mark Hudson, if the club won a new direction. Ben, Mark Hudson's been mentioned a couple of times. Do you think he's the right man for the job now? Could he be the right man, wrong time? Uh, I think he could be the right man, wrong time, but it'd be a very interesting appointment, wouldn't it? Um, he's a very highly regarded coach. A sort of, You could see Huddersfield wanted to do stuff with it, just sort of never really worked out that way. Um, but you can see the mess there, and they're another one that's sort of in a bit of a free fall. But he's a bloke, former captain, knows the club well, um, knows the area out well, good relationship with the fans. Um, he could be a very interesting pr- prospect. But like you said, perhaps now is not the right time for our former great skipper to take the reins. With that said, Dan, what's the difference between him and Bellamy? If you know, they're, they're both, they're there both, isn't. That, that's the thing, isn't it? But and the only thing that's the only difference is his profile, really. You know, they're both ex-like captains of the club. They're both kind of coaches that are highly regarded. But this doesn't feel like the time to experiment with a coach. And there's no difference for me between Hudson and Bellamy. But then there's that is that nagging thing in the back of your head that Bellamy's a nutter. Bellamy would be more and, fun, and, yeah. Yeah, it'd be more fun. And it's kind of weighing that up, isn't it? Um, I, think, I think the big difference between Bellamy and Hudson is one's very vocal about their thoughts and plans and their ethos going forward. The other is clearly a very well-read coach that works hard and is doing a lot of stuff with the Welsh FA, but hasn't really had the press or the public time to go out and say um, what your plan, what his plan is with it. I th- I'd imagine they've got very two very similar philosophy philosophies. But um, yeah. I what think about them as a dream Bellamy. team? Roy, Roy Evans, Gerard Houllier, Craig Bellamy, Mark Hudson. Well, they're good, they're good mates. They get on very well. It wouldn't surprise you. Like, I, th- I think Bellamy's manager and Hudson's a first-team coach would be a hell of a thing. And like you've really then got some DNA of the club in there then. You have indeed. Right, let's get back to the Twitter reactions. Gwyn Jones, love Bellamy, but wouldn't want him as manager yet. Would be his first managerial job apart from youth teams. Clearly left on bad terms before. We need someone to get us going again. Gareth Payne, lots to consider. We need damage limitation at the moment with severe long-term improvement. Bellamy with Hughes, Bowen could work, but Flinney and Hatswell have done wonders with no money at the road, but who out there would come to us? Thomas Broom, those Leeds games have to be highlights, big points and huge momentum builders, but please don't give it to Bellamy. Um, Luke Shepard's given us a rundown. Unrealistic, how good Pearson, average Bowen, unknown Bellamy, bad Hughes, terrible Pulis. I think that sums it up quite neatly, Tom. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad actually. Yeah. And pod. Um, and pod done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, like like people like Hughes are always touted, aren't they? And they're the ones that the bookies are slashed at the moment, like in, in terms of odds. Uh, it's one of those ones, Hughes, where like I can't help but like him because of. You know, he was Wales. Wales manager when when I was first getting into international football, and what he did on the field was fantastic. I've but... got a massive problem with the whole like concept that Mark Hughes is a good manager. I don't think Mark Hughes has done a good job in ten years. 
it's yeah, just people, the Welsh, Welsh people are so blinded by the job he did with Wales that they seem to forget that he almost relegated two clubs in one season. Yeah, it's good. Good for him. Well done, Marky. <laughs> he got, he got two payoffs. Pay fair play to him. He earned a fucking wedge that season, Southampton and Stoke, but... Right, well, yeah, he's we'll, not, we'll, he's we'll discuss the replacements after we've gone through the rest of these Twitter questions because it's going to take a long time. Simon Hiscox, Eddie Hugh, not Tony P- not Tony Pulis, not Mark Hughes, uh, Rick Bivell, the loss to Wednesday on the first day at home 2-0, didn't have the fight from the end of last season. Thanks, Neil, but time for someone new, Bellamy. Tom Lewis, I think it's about time. Disappointed it hasn't worked out for him because he seems like a nice guy, but he couldn't do it. Highlight is reaching the playoffs last season. Lowlights have to be the derbies this season. Love Bellamy to come in, but hope it's not Pulist. That's a theme coming through there, isn't there? Yeah. Mark D, personally, I think former Lee Tomlin massed a lot of problems until he got injured. I like Neil Harris, but hasn't worked out at all. Club needs a director of football and to go from there. There was probably going to be a big clear out this summer. I count 10 players that will probably go. Josh, a highlights are how shit we are, but lowlights are that I have zero faith in Tan, Dolman, Chewy, to see picking someone good and we'll be back here in a year. Um, I can't find this person's name. Mateo Jamesh is his Twitter name. Only highlights are post-lockdown. John Lynch wants Darren Moore and Nigel Pearson. Grand Collapse wants Bellamy with no pressure of a promotion hanging over him with a fresh style of play and an exciting rebuild. Ben, is that something we have to consider? The, the pressure on whatever new manager comes in? They need a bit of time to bed in? Yeah, I think well, it's anyone. Anyone jumps into a new job, um, you always need a bit of time to bed in. Um, sorry, I've just been. I've, I've yeah. Although he got straight to work and, and did a lot of the carnage there. Um, I've just had a look at the um, pr- favourites for the manager's job. Let's discuss and this. What, sorry, but what just popped up that I want that. It's just well, save up. it. Save it. I've got to do all these Twitter questions. <laughs> I'm probably not even halfway through. Listen, Ben Price. <laughs> Sorry, it's but a running order. It happen, but it'll be a disaster. Save that Ooh. thought. Uh, Blue 1927, get a manager with lower league experience because that's where we are heading. I mean, I wouldn't mind a little trip to League One. Uh, Rumpus Guy. Rumpus Guy 64. Uh, my potential next manager. Realistic, Tony Pulis. Hopeful, Nigel Pearson. Dreamland, Eddie Howe. Uh, Dan Blakemore, main concern is we're going to end up with another dead-end cheap option manager who is no better than Harris was. Lex Lewis, highs developing the academy, giving youth a chance, bringing Dye Hughes in, clearing up the mad short-term approach of Warnock. Lowe's, failing to develop first-teamers, not dealing with our poor midfield output this season, failing to move on playing style. And then he just says, how? Um, I didn't, Eddie, how? Lloyd Morgan <laughs> just says, Bellas. Matthew Perryman, Eddie Howe and Nigel Pearson. And please know he's out of our league responses. That's the exact same mentality that got us into this mess in the first place. Sean Collins, thank God that was needed to replace. Ideally would be Hewton. No, thank you. But we'll probably end up with a cheap random manager, but I'll give them a chance. Everyone deserves that. Hopefully this appointment is a good one. So relieved he's gone last night was horrific. Bailey Ball, Hull, Howe. A lot of just people just saying Eddie Howe. Um, yes, in Samuel Bellamy for me. If not, then we go all out for Eddie Howe. We've got money for Wilson, Kiefer Mori to see we can afford Howard's wages. And if he's not getting jobs like West Brom and Watford, then why not us? Prediction, Mark Hughes will get it. Alan Grimes, Bellamy. Imagine him just nutting Steve Cooper as big Keith scores the winner. Um, Ethan says, post-first lockdown, purple patch was class. Lil Salt says, Mark Hughes or big Tony Pulis. You think Steve Morrison will also leave the club? We've spent, we've seen David Livermore go. Do you think Steve Morrison will follow or do you think he's in in for the longer haul? I'd like to think he's in for the longer haul. Um, I think if he was going to go, he'd have been part of that announcement. Um, I think he's there for the long, like you said, the long haul. And it's a bigger project with under twenty under 23s than just the first team manager. Mm-hmm. So to show faith in that, I think he'll stick around for a bit at the very least. Uh, Alex Evans, Bellamy for me. Uh, Die Carter said, if we had to choose six current players to form the backbone of the team of the next three years, who would they be? Let's do two each. 
Tom, out of our six, out of our current players, which six are sticking around to be the backbone for the next three years? Was it how many? My name in sorry. Two, two each. Two. Uh, backbone, Moore and Morrison. Ben, Smithies and Rolls. Damn it, I was going to go Rolls. Uh, Baggin and NG. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I couldn't think of anyone else. You took the one I had in my head. Miles Davis, um, great jazz singer. The post-lockdown end to last season was brilliant and must be the highlight. Some of the players have come in. I could see being successes here for years. Moores, Waters and NG. Unfortunately, I've got no faith in the board to replace him with someone competent. Expecting another cheap option, which will probably see the same result happen in a year's time. Lofty, poor by the club, waited too long or not at all. We're in even more trouble now. Nice bit of optimism. Uh, Welsh Index, I'd love to give Flynn from Newport a chance, but do we yet again need someone who's proven to provide a safety? He wouldn't come to us with Tan, but it would be great to get Bellamy with a clear three to five year plan to take that. Um, you and James, as long as it's not Pulis, Hughes or typical members of the managerial merry-go-round. Nathan L, CCFC. I'd love Bellamy as head coach and director of football on board too, but maybe not the right time. If the club feel we're in general education trouble, we'll be interested to see what happens to Steve Morrison too. Reese Jones, Bellamy can stay in Belgium. He's not ready. We'd wreck for Lynn's career, so best if he stays at Counties. Flash from Casa, give me Billet Corhau or give it to Robry. Um, Stuart H. Hudson is an interesting call, but can we take the risk with an unproven manager? Um, I Hopkins, this could be unpopular, but Paul Cook would be mine. Um, someone has suggested Bilic, but he's gone to China. And someone, Travis CCFC, has suggested Jokanovic, who is at Al Garafa at the moment. Right, who's next? This is the obvious question that people will want us to ask. Ben, you said about the bookies' favourites. I'll read out the ones that I've seen in front of me at the moment, and then we can get on to you. Paul Cook's currently the favourite, four to one. Then you've got the usual suspects, Pulis Hughes, Bowen, Danny Cowley's up there, Michael Flynn, Chris Coleman, Craig Bellamy, Lee Bowyer, and Darren Moore. Ben, is there another name that you've seen? William Hill at four to one, joint favourite, are offering Mick McCarthy. Yeah. Mick McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking good would that be? You're uh, mm, a bunch I, of bastards. Might be an unpopular opinion, but I love Mick McCarthy. I think he's hilarious. I think he's great. I think he's yeah. absolutely brilliant. But, but he, not as a manager. Man. Yeah. <laughs> would be funny. To be fair, to be just fair for to a him, week. Just for a week. To be fair to him, though, there was no coincidence like Ipswich's downfall when he left. Like, I well, think he were like, pissing himself laughing on Sky. Yeah, he just started giggling, didn't he? Yeah, because the thing is, he kept them afloat and then they took him out and it's like the plug came out of the bath and they just went straight through it. But I don't think he's the right manager for now for us. I think it's a bit more of a kind of a Warnock thing, isn't it? Where it might be a temporary band-aid, but I don't think it's good for a long-term plan. But God, it'd be fun. We can take him. (laughs) I just love him. I think he's he's funny. I think he's a really nice guy. It'd be weird. It'd be weird. Um, Ben... All the names you've mentioned there, obviously Paul Cook is one that's been mentioned quite a lot. Are there any names there that, that stand out to you? Obviously, we've talked about Bellamy, talked about uh, people like Mark Hughes, Tony Pulis. Are there any names on that list that you would would immediately would immediately bring in or, or do you think it just needs that time to, to kind of do our due diligence? Well, I'd hope the club have already done it. It's not exactly like this has come out of the blue and it's not exactly unexpected. Um, I sort of took a look at the odds and sort of everything just before we came and started recording. I've got five that I love and five that I don't want. Go on. And the five that I want are Cook, uh, Bellamy, Hudson, Pearson, and the Cowleys. They're the sort of five that I'd be ha- very happy any of those coming in. Um, the five that I don't want, Flynn, Eddie Howe, Pulis, Hughes, or Bowen. Any of those five, I think, would be a disaster, but for different reasons. You don't want Howe? 
Yeah, that's is that just a money reason or is that a football reason? I don't think I just don't think he'd work at Cardiff. I think it's he's a bloke that we saw what happened with him at Burnley when he had no money to spend. It didn't go well. And then he went straight back to Bournemouth. At Bournemouth, he did a fantastic job and took a tiny, tiny club to the Premier League and got him established there. And I think he did really well. But he needs money and we don't have the money for the, for him to come in to change our squad to become an Eddie Howe squad. It's interesting. It's not a case where I think he's bad. You put the Cowleys in your list, but they obviously had a bad bad time at Huddersfield last season. Do you think that was a blip? Do you think that they've... And Appleton's gone it, in now at Lincoln, taken Lincoln to another level. I just think anyone that would go to um, Huddersfield at the moment isn't gonna, is going to struggle. There's issues at that club similar to us, but um, I just think they're an exciting coaching prospect. I think they play nice stuff and there's something a bit different that sort of would show a bit of ambition, a bit of different thought to something the club haven't really shown. Sort of that's why I've sort of gone for them. But like you said, this so Huddersfield is similar to us and it didn't work. I get that. It's just it's an exciting it's it's something different showing the club are thinking different that's not going to be as expensive as of a gamble as someone like Eddie Howe. Because Eddie Howe coming to the club would be a gamble because you're changing everything about your club and the way you play. Is that that's what that's I mean is that what people want? Let's 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 take a step back here, Tom, and look at all the conversations that are going on at the moment. There's a lot of conversations from people on Twitter saying we need to rebuild the club, we need to change everything, we need to bring in a director of football and change the way we do everything as a football club, or do we need someone who's just going to come in and get us promoted? Um, well, you look at the Warnock thing, isn't it? That was that wasn't exactly a revolution, was it? That was someone who came in and got promoted and fans are more than happy with it you know he'll go down one of our greatest managers I think people think they should be saying we want to rebuild but in reality as soon as we start winning games that goes on a back burner and director of football feels like something you should say and it sounds like a great idea I don't know what they do like it just feels like some, something people say on Twitter they just go we need a director of football and if you ask them what a director of football does they wouldn't know Whoa, so Ben, you can't see it, but Ben's holding a um, a screenshot up of a tweet from Ian Abraham saying, all the best to Neil Harris uh, on his departure from Cardiff City. And Lee Tomlin has replied saying, is this true? We ain't been told a thing. Um, That's mad, isn't it? I mean, he, he could just be winding up Ian Abrahams. Up. He could just be winding up Ian Abrahams, but that's pretty funny. Um, uh, I mean, that's quite interesting. Um, I wonder if they haven't been told a thing. Ooh. That's mad. Uh, that puts a, a spanner in the works, doesn't it? Yeah, how's your agenda now, Ben? <laughs> well, we're just talking about it. We're moving yeah, with it. We're moving fluid, with it. We're fluid. Your, um, po- your poster's that surprised, but it's just fallen down. Oh, my poster's fallen down. Oh, no. Chaos. Put that Chaos. Back up in a minute. Chaos in the, the view from the Ninian Studios. Um, I can't even remember where I was with that train of thought. Um, so, director of football, Tom. Yeah. Director of football. I play football manager. Uh, I signed Brian McBride as my director of football. Um, what they did for me was on football manager was I asked them to do all the contract renewals. <laughs> I just gave them the contract renewals. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was it. I don't know what they do in real life, but as I understand it, the director of football is often in charge of um, the signings, often in charge of the transfer negotiations and, and, and doing all the recruitment stuff. And then the manager is in charge of the team and doing the management. So yeah, a lot of the time you hear of... Um, Players at Liverpool, you know, players signed for Liverpool. That, there was that period where they signed people at like Aquilani. They were all done by the director of football rather than the, the manager. I think, like, the, the, if you read into what's been said in press conferences by Harris as well, like some of the signings that have come in recently have been club signings, not manager signings. You know, you had Perry NG saying, 
like he was really thankful for the chairman or the CEO in um, being so keen on signing him. You know, and I think yeah. that speaks volumes, doesn't it, really? About like, the, we're already kind of in that position where we've got, almost got like the board acting like a director of football, but without any football now. So a, a director of football in that regard probably does make sense. Um, in terms of like managers and stuff, as much as I was playing devil's advocate with the Cowley thing with Ben Price earlier, I, I, I think they would be in a good appointment. I like the sound of Darren Moore as well, to be honest. Um, I think he'd come in and do a good job as well. Um, and I, I echo what a lot of people are saying on Twitter. I just don't like the thought of someone like Pulis. I don't think that would happen because he's the type of manager that comes in and demands money and then doesn't get it. He leaves. You know, it's what he did at Sheffield Wednesday, reading between the lines. So I don't think that will happen. But, you know, Bellamy, Hudson seem like a gamble. Pay them up might make it a little bit more of a viable option. But I don't know. I don't know what we need. I don't know what's out there. I don't know what I want. It's it's a tough one. It's exciting, but I genuinely, anything can happen it's, at the moment. It's a real tough one because there is there is a need to change the way we do things as a football club. But I think that's, all, that's kind of already in process from what I've heard from Harris and what he said in the press conferences. You know, NG and, and Waters were clearly rather you know they were they were committee signings rather than say a Harris signing so maybe that that kind of and we were already talking about the youth we're already talking about prioritizing the academy and things like that this the next manager is the next logical step on that that pathway isn't it but who that manager is is, is the really hard thing because like you say there's the managers that are out there at the moment that are uh, that are without jobs are probably short-term appointments if you look at someone like Mark Hughes if you look at someone like Tony Pulis they're not coming in for the long haul they're not going to change the way we do things but we, we probably have to spend some money to get the right the right manager in um it's 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 difficult isn't it ben yeah um it's not an easy thing and i don't envy the board of making this decision but this is i know we've said this a lot over the years but this possibly could be the most important appointment in tan's regime um it, this appointment really does set out where we go as a club from here on out are we looking to rebuild and put a long-term focus in or are we going short term again and going for someone like warnock it's down to the club to decide now and it will really set a statement of intent out as to where the club is heading in the next five years. Let's let's talk about the main names that people seem to be mentioning. The, the names that are coming up are Pearson, they are Bellamy, they are perhaps someone like Hudson, um, and then obviously Pulis, but I think Pulis is more mentioned in a we don't want Tony Pulis. Tom, out of those names, you know, we say, let's say the, the front runners in theory for the fans are Bellamy, Pearson, Howe. Any, which one of those would you pick with your gut instinct now? I think like head is saying stay away from Bellamy at the moment, but like and a heart is just like God, oh, fucking go for it. Why not? You know, you're not going to get press conferences saying it was a marvelous performance. You know, you you look at Bellamy post San Marino for Wales. I oh, just thinking of that one. Do, do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he ain't going to hold back, and I think that's not going to sugarcoat off. anything. Yeah, and it'll go a long way with fans at the moment. Like you're saying, it's going to be a bit of a long term project, and being someone like Bellamy buys him. More time. A lot of time. Like, if you're coming in from the lower leagues now, our fans are going to start... It happened with Harris. Like, he came in and fans were already, like, below average when they on his opinion on him. With Bellamy, you know, it, he's starting from, like, the peak. He starts know. from a level up, doesn't he? Exactly. So it depends. I think... And I think that's where our board are normally quite clever. They can read the feeling amongst the fans. That's probably why Trollope took over. At that point, the fans were saying, Trollope's the best. Look at him. He's a great coach. He's the only reason we've got any sort of success under Slade. It's all down to Trollope. So That's they a very good point. And, you know, I, I think the board know how to read the signs and I think that'll happen again. So that's why people like Bellamy are probably in the picture. 
Ben, uh, the names are mentioned. Uh, Bellamy, Pearson, how would, would Bellamy be your choice? Heart says Bellamy, head says Pearson. Um, yeah. I think that's the way it sort of goes, isn't it? I think either way, it'd be entertaining either of those two. Let's face it, Pearson's not exactly a quiet, docile character that hasn't exactly had many controversies. Um, yeah. Bellamy, like I think the big thing is that Tom said, being Bellamy buys him probably over a year of average. Um, he comes really in good credit, he doesn't he? He comes in with really good credit. Yeah, and if you listen to the Alice James Feast of Football, which I, I don't recommend, stick to our pods much better. But um, they were on about Bellamy <laughs> the other day, and you know, they were on about how um, I think you, you and Roberts were saying that um, Daniel Farker was close to being sacked at one point um, when Norwich had a bit of a, um, a downturn in results. They, they were winless with like six, seven games. And apparently, Norwich were looking at Bellamy then and lining him up as a possible manager. So we're not the only club who'd be thinking about having Bellamy there at the helm. You know, again, with Norwich it would have bought him a bit of time with him playing this, a similar sort of thing. And now he's another year or two into his coaching path. So, you know, it's definitely an option. And I think in the, in the times where the fans aren't in the ground and you're trying to win them over, and you've got, to, you've got to think as well, the board are going to be thinking about selling season tickets when this is all over. Bellamy puts bums on seats. This isn't just a footballing decision, it's a business decision. And you put them both together and it's pointing at Bellamy for me. I agree. I think... I think if if there's ever a time to to go with Bellamy, it's it's now. I think you can you can bring him in for the rest of the season. I think, you know, I think getting rid of Harris will will give us a bit of a a bounce in results, no matter what happens. I think the the players are going to show that they they were they were maybe struggling under the manager rather than um, under their own abilities. And I think if Bellamy comes in, we've got half a season to to get us back at the table. And it's going to do his stock no um, no harm really. I mean. Would you, Ben? Would you bring him in as a standalone manager, or would you want to bring in someone alongside him? Who would you think as a is there a director of football? Is there an assistant manager that you're thinking of that would come in with him? Um, for me, sort of, the more I think about, it, the more I'd like long term. Is if you could pick three people to be involved, you go Steve McPhail, director of football. Uh, Bellamy is first team coach, and then um, Mark Hudson as sort of assistant coach. That'd be. As far as a setup to get fans excited and sort of know the club, it's fantastic. But do they have the experience and is it enough to get the club through? That's the difficulty, isn't it? It's a weird one. It is a weird one. And Tom, I mean, we've got a week now until our next game. Um, do you envisage anyone being in the dugout for that game as a new permanent manager? Or are we going to, there's going to be a, a caretaker there? What do you see happening over the next couple of days? I'd like to think someone would be close, like, if not the dugout in the stands. Um, you know, um, I know, like, we've got a week. They would have thought about this. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, he would have been close to being sacked a couple of months as well. So the conversations would have already started. So I'd like to think someone... I don't think they'll be in the dugout for the next game, but I think they will be in a couple after that. All right. And who's your... Who's? Do you agree with Ben's point about the, the, the dream team of McPhail, Bellamy, Hudson? Um, I think you need an older head in there, like a bit more of an experienced head in that three. I don't know who that would be, to be honest. But the more the more we've spoke about it now, I convinced myself I want Bellamy for a bit of excitement. And I'd like <laughs> to think I'm not a fickle fan in terms of I just want to have like an ex player in, but I've really convinced myself that's what I want during this hour of speaking about it. Because 
a lot of fans when there's a bit of excitement back in the football. Like I was saying with that QPR game, I was staring at the screen and it felt like nothing was happening in front of me. You, Something will happen in front of you if Bellamy's in charge. So I'm just kind of, yeah, fuck it, Bellamy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, you uh, should have like, that experience, though. Um, how long has Steve McPhail been at Shamrock now? He's been there a couple of years and they seem to be doing bits. They, they're sort of doing yeah, well, it, not just in Ireland. They're going further as far as Europa League and stuff as well. It's not like he's... I think he's doing a good job there, to be honest, from what it looks like on the outside. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So, our view then, the, the official VFTN podcast view is... Is, is Bellamy our choice? I think so. I think I I would put I would put put my weight behind him now. So if that if the club are listening, I don't know if that means anything to you, but that's what we want. Um, I guess it's over to you now to make that happen. Um, Come on, Ken. We know you listen. We know you listen. Big fan of you from the Indian. Um, but yeah, it's it's a strange time. I mean, we've we kind of lurched from manager to manager, and and now we've lurched from another manager. Um, as always, view from the Indian will be with you every step of the way as we look to the next era in Cardiff City under a new manager um by all by all means give us a give us a follow on twitter twitter.com slash vft ninian um you can find us on Kofi if you like what you do and you want to give us a bit of a bit of a donation um you can read our excellent written work on view from ninian.com um but it's a new era for Cardiff City and we, we hope to take you into that next era so um thanks for listening once again and Ben thanks for joining me all the best lads and Tom see you next week See you next week. Been a pleasure. Done. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. And